Hello and welcome to Ranger Pod, the podcast that's sorting out our quiffs as we unleash the beasts in the morphing grid one episode at a time. My name is Grax and I am the guy who knows nothing about Power Rangers and all things related to Power Rangers. And with me is Quinn, who knows a lot more than I do. Hi, Quinn. Hi, Grax. I would say I know a tiny little bit more than you do when it comes to Lost Galaxy. <laughs> That's right. And today we're talking about Lost Galaxy episode three, which I think is called Race to Free the Beast. Race to the Rescue. Race to the Rescue. That's yeah. the one. It was aired on February the 20th, 1999. Wow. Okay. And as you may have may not have heard, uh, Pete's not with us today. So it's just be the two of us trying to model our way through this storyline, which is um, kind of becoming a lot more complex uh a little bit i mean there's some things are becoming more complex in terms of characters but then there's certain parts which are kind of like setting up the mood for the rest of the series yeah i mean we'll get into this obviously but i think it's definitely much more of a power rangers episode than what we've had the last couple of weeks Um, finally i mean we get a lot more power ranger action (laughs) exactly a lot more in this one episode than the previous two stuff if i recall uh yeah definitely definitely that anyway do you want to do you want to run through what the episode entails why yes quinn i would love to explain to our wonderful audience what happens (laughs) in this episode okay i've Uh, i've i was listening back to quasar quest part to yep yeah that was the last one mm-hmm. uh last week's episode and pdt was slapping me on the wrist for giving you too much freedom so i've decided to uh to take a leaf out of his book and give you uh how long do you think you're gonna do it in i can do this in one minute and 30 seconds i've timed myself and i managed to record myself doing it beforehand in front of a mirror posing and everything so i i'm confident in my storytelling abilities okay well as anyone that's ever played music live will know whenever you perform live you play things quicker than when you do them in rehearsals so wait what you just made that up no i did not no i did not so you've got you've got one minute 15 ah fuck all right okay are you ready no well tough you are going in five four three Two, one, go. We start off on a forest planet where a small army of bug guys are trying to contain unknown giant beasts and giant metal boxes and cages. Meanwhile, on Terra Adventure, Leo and Maya are watering some plants and Maya hears something calling out. So obviously this is a good time for Leo, Maya and Damon to hijack the mega ship whilst leaving Kai and Kendricks behind. Using the tracking system known as Maya's Ear, the trio quickly finds the planet where the giant boxes are held. So at this point, the three heroes begin to free the unknown beast, but are stopped by a bad guy with an Elvis-style haircut who is known as Radstar. It's morphing time at 6 minutes and 14 seconds. Hey, look, the other two rangers have shown up as well. So now all five rangers are fighting the bad guys, and they end up freeing the unknown beasts, which are the Galacta Beasts. So the Galacta Beasts thank the heroes, and Maya can conveniently understand them. Meanwhile, on the bad guy's flying ship, Scorpius tells Furio to get the Quasar Sabres and destroy the Power Rangers. You know, that kind of typical thing. And they start to attack the Terra Venture. Furio and Radster teleports to Terra Venture and start destroying everything. Suddenly, the Starship Troopers appear to take on Furio and the Radster, but they prove to be ineffective. Ten seconds. Then the Power Rangers turn up. 
and then there's some new abilities, Five, and then Rasta gets four, big, and the Galactica three, beast shows up, two, and then the line one, shoots. Uh, ah, ah, I was so, so close. close, so close. I honestly believe if I'd given you the full one minute thirty, you would have finished that. But we'll never know what happens in the end. We're never going to find out that uh, Leo jumped on the re- lion-looking Galacta beast, shooting down Radster. We'll never know that Leo was trying to trick Damon to doing the dishes with his card tricks. So, um. Yeah, this I I get the feeling that this is kind of getting, this is kind of setting up the feel for the entire series of Power Rangers: Lost Galaxies. There's a couple of things which I can see being repeated. Uh, yeah, like what? Like for example, the settings. Like I can see now that every episode will feature some kind of forest planet mm-hmm. and some kind of city, maybe being in Terra Venture more often than not. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, sure. Like the the series is set on Terra Venture. Inexplicably, I don't know why. <laughs> There's this whole plot of them going off to find another galaxy, but it just means that they they restrict themselves to this one spaceship for all of their battles. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they did kind of explain the fact that Terra Venture is a city in itself. Yeah, true. Because because um, I was under the impression that it all be in the city. But that would mean they'd be back on Earth. Why would they need to go back on Earth? But no, Terra Venture's enough to be planet Earth in itself. Well, yeah, it's the stand-in because they've left the, they've left planet Earth, but they need somewhere to fight. So it happens to be on uh, on this. I don't know what you call it, like a, a city spaceship or a, yeah, that'll do. Sea spaceship, a city uh, spaceship, yeah. And whenever they need to go to the woodland areas, which happens to be down the end of the road of the recording studio. Yeah, it's just the back lot of a recording studio somewhere in California. Absolutely. Well, don't think we can't see through your <laughs> lies, Saban. We know that every forest planet that they will be discovered in the next 50 episodes will be looking suspiciously like California. Do you ever have this, right? I, if Do you get lost in a, not necessarily Power Rangers, but an episode of something science fiction? Star Trek is a good one. When okay. when it's not shot on a on a soundstage when they're actually outside, for example, when you're, you're watching a show like that and you're and you're told that this is a an alien planet, and you just go, yeah, all right, yeah. that is. You don't think about the fact that they just they're filming that in a park in America somewhere or in Toronto or something. You're just like, yeah, they're on an alien planet, and you sort of get to go, no, wait, that was a dumb assumption to make. They're clearly still on Earth while they're making that, or is that just me? No, no, I agree. Sometimes that I do get captured in the moment so much that I believe that they are on an alien Just completely planet. suspend your disbelief, right? Oh, yeah, but that's a mark of a good show, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is nothing like <laughs> Power Rangers Lost Galaxies. That's true, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, I don't quite mind the fact that they're saying, all right, we're going to a forest planet, which is California. We're going to a city, which is Terra Venture. But I was sold... On the idea of being multiple planets, yeah. multiple environments, crazy stuff like they would do on Star Trek. Uh, and this does not fill me with hope. No, I think you're going to be disappointed there, Grax, unfortunately. They could... If, I was, I'm was, i sure if the budget was a little bit bigger, you would have much grander locations. But yeah, as it happens, we just get the forest or the quarry again. And mm. yeah, whatever city standing in for Terra Venture which is a shame really because yeah it could have been quite interesting having like much more alien surroundings yeah. each week yeah I mean we could be wrong this is only episode three there could be more stuff coming along mm. but I think this could be a standard another thing which I think is going to be a standard is how Leo and other members of the Rangers are going to go okay we need to go to some crazy place for some crazy reason we need to hijack the mega ship and Damon's going 
yeah, okay, that's cool, let's go ahead with it. I think that does happen a little bit more often. What actually occurred to me while I was watching this yeah. is that, yeah, they do that in this episode, obviously. The premise, which obviously you've not seen, but the premise of Power Rangers in space is that they're on the Astro Megaship and they yep. can fly around from planet to planet and save the universe. Ironically, most things, most battles and fights end up happening back on Earth. <laughs> so they're, they're constantly just like in orbit around the Earth or just going back to the planet to to fight there rather than actually going off and having more alien adventures Mm -hmm. so we're starting to get what was the premise of power rangers in space now in the next series a little bit more yeah so it's like they've only got the budget to go further beyond than planet earth or the the vision perhaps well perhaps who knows they've just decided this storyline is set off of earth so they've set it off of earth Mm. in somewhere that conveniently looks a lot like earth (laughs) (laughs) But I think Damon's going to be able to accept any old crazy plan just to jump on the ship. I mean, all right, picture this. All right, you're the security guard, and then a guy called Leo, some girl who's dressed up like a cavewoman, <laughs> comes up to you and says, listen, we need to go off to some distant planet because this Maya chick has been listening out with a magic ear. She's able to see and hear that there are some crazy creatures that need to be saved in some distant universe. What would you think? Would you think... Yeah, I think this girl's onto something. Let, let's help her out. Or would you be calling for a psychiatric... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be some sort of psychiatric evaluation. I mean, things in this universe aren't questioned too much, are they? No. So someone comes along... Like, we already established in the first episode of Lost Galaxy that security is very lax. <laughs> Leo is able to stow away on the shuttle to Terra Venture without any problems whatsoever. So maybe it's the same on Terra Venture itself. It's just that no one's really paying that much attention. No. And I guess there is just no security whatsoever. Or actually, maybe they just, the Power Rangers just own the ship now. They could do whatever they want. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's what eventually happens, but it is stored on Terra Venture. So anyone gaining access to it, you'd be like, well, they're a Power Ranger. They're a Power Ranger. They're a Power Ranger. (gasps) Yet they they need to keep their identity secret. Ah. So... We could jump on the mega ship and take it off some joyride if we can come up with a good enough <laughs> excuse, right? Is that what you're saying, Quay? I think that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, if you if you look at Quasar Quest Part 2, Kai mm. just walks in and goes, right, museum's closed, everyone out. And everyone's like, mm, all right, leaves. And then he just convinced Damon to go, can you, can you fly this ship? Damon's like, yeah, I can fly this ship. Stand back. And then they just steal it. We're like, yeah. with no effort whatsoever. It's a piece of cake. We can do something like... Uh, Yo, Damon, we need to head off to the distant galaxy because uh, there is a um, a, a, a mega sale of, <laughs> of, of ship parts in the fourth quadrant, which we can only get through this black hole. I mean, that sounds legit. Yeah, totally. So, back just on Damien and ship parts, I, I yep. didn't quite understand why, in the start of this episode, he's saying that all of the like engines are down, and this is down, and navigation's off. Like, what, what's he been doing to it? It was flying fine in the previous episode, and they, get, they go off, they go to the uh, mayor's planet, yep. and rescue come back through the black hole, blah, 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 blah. And then now he just seems to have taken the whole ship apart again, and he's <laughs> like, it's not fit to fly. So what have you been doing for the past seven days? Yeah. <laughs> All they had to go on for navigation was Maya's ear, yeah. which, you know, is completely fine. And then somehow the process of going to this planet, rescuing the beast, and then flying back, and they find out that Furio and, and Radster was taking out the, um, where was it again? 
Terra Venture, it was only at that point when Damon goes, oh yeah, by the way, hyperdrive, it's working fine. Give it a yeah, shot. I know. I know. How did you that. fix that between the time <laughs> of rescuing the beasts and coming back on? How? Time. Well, it, it almost sounded like they just completely forgotten it was an option. They're like, oh, we, we, we'll we never get back to Earth in time or to Terra Venture in time. It's like, oh, just engage the hyperdrive. It's like, well, why weren't you using that before? I, I don't know. I'm getting the sensation, the sensation that time is a very loose concept in this universe. I could very, I mean, there's time dilation involved in travelling around in space, so it could very well be that they made up some time in their travels to and from the planet that the Galacta Beasts were being held at. Hmm. Wow, okay, that that sounds more plausible than that Rangers could actually give. Do you know what struck me is really cool about this episode, the very, very start of it? Yeah. The Stinger Wingers, which actually, fun fact... The Stingerwingers are the last American-produced foot soldiers to appear in the season of Power Rangers that, that's produced by Saban. So these will come to this when we start discussing the uh, Japanese show, but those Stingerwingers aren't Japanese characters. So they're completely American? They're completely original and American, yeah. Huh. But I really liked the, um, the that sort of like Jurassic Park thing with the Galacta Beast. I was about to say... Yeah, in the cages, and they're like pulling on the on the chains, and I, I just had this image of SHOOTER! <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'd say I liked it, but it didn't half stink. Yeah, no, I don't. It stunk of like the first scene in the Jurassic Park movies. And that just makes you think, Parents Lost Galaxies just rips off every single movie <laughs> they could think of. Yeah, it rips true. Off Starship Troopers is ripping off Jurassic Park. What's it going to rip off next? Uh, I mean, maybe they're not ripping off. Maybe they are borrowing inspiration from these fine movies of the 90s. Perhaps they are paying off homage yeah it was they were saying france exactly and um, also uh i can't remember if this has happened before but we had a cold open this episode a what a cold open yeah what's that so a cold open is where you get a, a bit of show before you get the opening title sequence which doesn't normally happen with power rangers it's normally opening title sequence and then you're into the into the show but with this we had the stinger wingers with the jurassic park bit mm-hmm. maya hearing the galacta beasts in trouble and then we get the Rangers Lost Galaxy. So yeah, I can't remember if that's happened in the other two episodes. I of think Lost it Galaxy. does, and I'm starting to wonder if this is going to be a standard. Yeah, of Lost Galaxies. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just bringing it in line with how TV was being produced at the time. Uh, I mean, not that cold opens weren't popular in American TV before yeah. this, but maybe uh, just to fit it into how American networks were broadcasting television, like cold open adverts, theme yeah. tune. Yes, yeah, bit of story, some trailers again, whatever else. I mean, that would make sense in the way of American TV works. Personally, yeah. I'm not a fan of it because solely because that theme song, it's just so good that yeah. the theme song needs to go in at the very beginning to get you pumped up. Exactly. Which, which gets you high and that will prepare you for the letdown that is the entire <laughs> episode. It's like, yeah, uh, you need all that adrenaline just to get through the episode. Yeah, I think you do. I was I made a note when I was watching this is that I think this theme tune is one of my favourites of at this point five. I think what well, we've got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, yep. Power Rangers Zio, Power Rangers Turbos Three, Power Rangers in Space is Four. So this is the fifth one. This is the fifth intro that we've had to Power Rangers, and this other than Mighty Morphin, this is my favourite. This is like my second favourite of those five. Mm, mm. There is something we that I've noticed in. Lost Galaxies, which I didn't notice in the previous episodes, is the fact they're able to morph, and now they morph by um, 
touching a device on their wrists. Yes. Whilst before, in episode two, when they first showed up as Power Rangers, they pulled out their swords, raised them up, and going by the power of Grey Skulls, were actually saying nothing. And then they morphed. <laughs> I'm confused now. The reason why is like, how do they morph? Do they morph with their quasar sabers, or do they morph with this device? And if they morph with this device, why was it never mentioned in the previous episode? What's going on? Do you? I think this may be time for me to explain the plots to the Japanese original version of this show, which is I. Right. So I don't know how to pronounce this. Okay. PDT will probably correct me next week. I'm reading it because I'm ginger as ging- <laughs> as Gingaman. <laughs> Uh, because that's the sort of thing I've that's the sort of abuse I've grown up with my whole life. I think it's just uh, Gingaman, uh, which is the Super Sentai season. Uh, I think it's season twenty two. Twenty two. Uh, yeah, it's the twenty second production of Super Sentai television series. The full title is Seiju Sentai Gingaman, which is Star B Squadron Galaxy Man. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. It does sound pretty cool, doesn't it? They're not one for subtlety, the Japanese, are they? There's no metaphor or anything. It's just, this is what it is. <laughs> Straight yeah. up in your face, this is what the show is. <laughs> I, I think I need to explain this to, to answer your question about the morphers uh, yep. or how they morph requires a look at episodes one and two of King of Man. None of the story really or any of the footage has appeared in any of uh, Lost Galaxy or will it appear in any of Lost Galaxy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's mostly just set up uh, in the way that like Quasar Quest 1 and 2 is very much just set up for Lost Galaxy. The first episode does it, but with some actual Power Rangers in it. The story is that... 3,000 years ago, the Earth was invaded by these, what are called Balban space pirates, mm-hmm. which is which are these villains that we see throughout Lost Galaxy, the numerous ones that there are, and we're going to meet more of them as the show goes on. Mm. So the star beasts, who are those, those sentient animals that we met at the end of the this Race to Rescue episode, and the Gingaman warriors of the Ginga Forest which is a sort of secret mystical forest in just outside Japan, I suppose, where the show's <laughs> set. Um, there's, like okay. a fo- there's like a force field, so you can't really go in and out of it. It, beca- it becomes like a legend to the local people. Just like that famous country, Wakanda. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no one sort of believes that this place is really real because it's not been seen in so long. But mm-hmm. there have been, uh, until this point, 132 generations of warriors that fight with the Star Beast what they called sabers mm-hmm. and the star beasts themselves protecting the earth and um, i think the point is is that there's been 132 generations that have trained but only the first generation has fought and defeated any invasion of earth the others yeah. have just been sort of on standby ready for if there is to be another invasion so this episode kind of introduces us to the the next five that have been in training to become the next warrior group Similarly to Lost Galaxy is that we have a brother pairing. So there's two brothers. Hayuga, I think. Uh, I'm going to really mm-hmm. butcher a lot of the pronunciations of these names. Good. And R- Ryuma. Hayuga is like Mike. He's, li- he's sort of like Leo's older brother. And like Ryuma is Leo, essentially. is the younger right. one. A little, a little bit less. Isn't quite in control of his powers as much. Isn't quite the fighter that his brother is. So his brother at this point is going to be come the red what is actually termed the warrior of fire because they all have different sort of warrior names you've got the warrior of fire is the red ranger green is warrior of wind blue is warrior uh-huh. of water 
Yellow is warrior of lightning, and pink is warrior of flower. Um, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know how flowers are meant to be any good in a battle with anyone, but uh, there we go. I mean, I don't know if that's any better than the power of hearts from Captain Planet. Yeah. Tears, but it's like, flower. That's nothing threatening about flower. Couldn't they have just done like plant or nature? But well, flower. Do you know what? the daft thing is right. When they get given their powers, when they're the village elder, he's called the white elder uh, Uragi, I think. Or right. Elder Uragi. He just bestows the Star Beast swords onto the new Rangers, Gigaman. There's none, none of this sort of sword in the stone nonsense that we get in Lost Galaxy. There's just a ceremony. He hands them swords, they take on the powers. Yep, yep. They harness, this is what it's called, right? They, they harness the power of Earth. That's what it's called. <laughs> all their the powers power are just Earth. called Earth. Yeah. Given they've come up with all these like fantastic names of things like Star Beast Squadron and, and all this kind of stuff, you would have thought they would have come up with a better name for these powers. But hey-ho, they have the power <laughs> of Earth. <laughs> they get sent off into a mountain to collect the... What are they called? Uh, it's the Roaring Mountain to take up the sacred bracelets. And this is what you've noticed. The, these, like, morphers that the rangers have in the third episode. Right. They're sent to collect these. And without them, they can't morph in Gingaman. Whereas, obviously, in Lost Galaxy, they've sort of skipped over this collection of bracelets. And it's just assumed that they are collected along with the sabers or the sabers give them to them at some point. No, um, no, no, I can't even make any assumptions based upon what happened in the episode. They just appear. They just appear, yeah. I mean, I'm just sort of building a headcanon. Maybe the sabers allow them to morph for the first time and in the morphing process they get their morphers. Because they don't have their sabers after this point, I don't think, until yeah. they're morphed. Whereas in Gingaman, they do have their sabers. In the same way as in the Ranger, they have some of their... They have their kind of like power weapons in a much more earthly form. So like Zack's battle axe is an axe. Yes. And such yes. and such. They still have access to their weapons in this pre-morph, but it is still just the full saber. So I don't know. There's a lot of conjecture, I suppose, uh, with, Ga- with Lost Galaxy. it's They get these morphers and that's what they're going to use from now on. But in Gingaman, they have to go and retrieve them. Which means that they end up in a battle with some of these monsters before they get the bracelets. Right. Um, so you get this like unmorphed action. Eventually they get them. Oh, that's the other thing. So the monsters come from this ship that kind of like rises out of the sea because some seal that's locked them in has sort of has broken and become free. That's not explained in any way. It's just the seal breaks. And they rise up out of the sea on this castle mounted on, like, the head of a dragon or something. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Well, it, apparently, and I've only read this, apparently it's the corpse of a beast called Ditanix. That is amazing. <laughs> They're riding on the dead corpse of a beast? <laughs> yeah, they built their castle on the corpse of this beast. Oh, that's so cool. And it becomes, I think it's their mission throughout the story of this to revive the beast, to fight with them against the Star Beast Warriors or uh, whatever it is that we're calling them. Yeah, the, the Star Beast <laughs> Squadron to, to defeat the Earth, essentially. So they're going off to try and find the kind of power to sort of awaken 
this beast, I suppose. Which mm. means that, you know, you get that in Lost Galaxy, you get that the forest gets turned to stone. Oh, God, yes. That horrible, horrible Photoshop yeah. effect, which looks like an Etch-A-Sketch drawing. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? In this episode of Giga Man, they also turn the village to stone, but it's the Elder that does it to protect the forest from having its power drained by these villains that are trying to steal it to revive okay. Okay, Diane. But, do, but does the special effect look just as bad? No, it's better because they've oh. they the, the Americans have redone it with the American cast where that forest that they're in. It's not amazing, but it is a slightly better effect scene. Like, okay, Hayuga, who is the the Red Ranger, falls into a crack in the ground, as does Mike in Lost Galaxy. So that's the only similarity, really, is that the brother dies and gives the saber or the, the sword to their younger brother, who then becomes the Red Ranger. Right. Okay. That, I mean, that's the general gist of it, really. They get their powers. There's the, yeah, that's essentially it. That's kind of what the story is for this season of Sentai. Okay. The one. Oh, do you remember what I was saying about the Star Wingers being original to the American series? Yes. Um, does that mean you're going to be telling me who the bad guys? Yeah. Are? So the the foot soldiers in Gingerman are uh, what are called semen yartots. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the whole idea of this is that they is that this this crew of villains are like space pirates. So the, these are just the the kind of crew of the ship, and they look terrible. They are I've re- I, I've described them as Oompa Loompa pirates because <laughs> they're just they're just in orange morph suits. Oh, that sounds so cool! With like a little bit of pirate gear, and they just they're the foot soldiers that go out and fight in sort of lieu of having puddies or like I say stinger wingers in this in Lost Galaxy. It looks daft and ridiculous, but there I we go. Have, I have got to take a look at this before. We yeah. Go on. All right, go on. Uh, what, what's, hang on. Uh, d- d- How do you spell Yartos? Uh, it's Y-A-R-T-O-T-S. <laughs> I just see the pictures. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just some dodgy shorts. And... <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, these Yartos are fantastic. <laughs> Why could we not have seen this in um in Lost Galaxies? Uh, they seem perfectly legit. They look terrible. So everything you were just talking about, this was in three episodes of Gingerman. No, that was the first episode of Gingerman. So that was what? the first minutes. I know. So we've it's been te- recording for like twenty minutes just on the first episode. I know. I, there's a lot to kind of pack in and explain as to um exactly how this kind of show's set up. Let me ask this question quick- yeah. very quickly. In the first episode was is there a lot of japanese people in the show and not enough power rangers in the show no there's actually quite it's actually mostly focused on the star beast warriors unmorphed and then morphed the thing i can't quite understand is why why with the lost galaxies they decided to rewrite um everything to be all like uh, starship trooper-esque and starship singing because like there are some similarities between the storyline between mike and leo yeah and um the, the two the, the, the two brothers yeah uh right right ryoma ryoma is the younger yeah. brother and his older brother is uh hyuga sure let's go with that so yeah i just found it interesting they decided to rewrite all that 
But uh, so what happens in episode two and episode three? So it's just episode two. There's not a third episode. Oh, phew. We, uh, and this is where we get the the footage for Race to the Rescue from. We open up with the villains plotting to kill the Gingerman. They're trying to steal planet treasures to destroy the Earth and revive the Diantic monster. No, Diatanic monster, sorry. Um, so that's their kind of motivation. The Gingerman, Star Beast Warriors, whatever it is we call them. Let's go with Star Beast Warriors because it's much easier to say. All right. <laughs> uh, they hold a funeral for Hyuga. Uh, Huga? I don't know how we're pronouncing it. Again, it's the last we're going to see of him, so bollocks to it. <laughs> They're panicking that they don't actually have a way of sealing the the villains away again. So they're like, how are we going to defeat them? We don't have the star beasts. Uh, we're kind of on our own here. The village is gone. We're at a complete disadvantage. But they kind of resolve themselves that they're still going to fight and still going to try and protect the Earth because that's what they've trained for. The Elder... There's like a flashback bit to like the Elder kind of saying that the star beasts will come when you need them. So they kind of like got a little bit of a boost from that little message that they remember. We kind of like move on and the villains are the villains because, you know, like so there's so many villains in both Lost Galaxy and in King of Man. Mm-hmm. But there's about eight of them, I think, in total. It gets really confusing. In terms of Lost Galaxies, so far, we've what we've seen, you've only is had a couple of them, right? Scorpius and Furio. And, and there Red seems Star. to be that blue, that blue guy seems to be regular. And then there seems to be a hot chick who's trying to look all sexy with all these strange bug things stuck on her face and body yeah like the uh uh scorpina equivalent yeah what can you do when you got all this costume stuff stuck on you well let's put it this way i've got a list of villains and monsters in gingham man up on the screen and it doesn't fit on my browser page (laughs) and i'm and i'm reading this on a 27 inch imac wow obviously obviously some of these are just they were like one-off monsters for an episode but the the main kind of monsters is about eight of them, I think, eight or nine of them, and it, I don't know, it's going to get confusing. So what the hell? I will try and use names where I can. But anyway, they're arguing over who's going to go on the mission to d- sort of destroy the the Star Beast Warriors. Mm-hmm. One of them gets picked, which is the Radster guy. Kolshiza, I think is his name, is the Radster equivalent with the Quiff. Mm-hmm. He's chosen to be sent off to Earth. To yeah, like attack the the Star Beast Warriors, I guess. Mm-hmm. The Star Beast Warriors get a warning that the city is being attacked, and they go off uh, to sort of fight it. Basically, they, uh, they this is kind of where the fight footage stuff comes in, in in the second half of Lost Galaxy. So we're kind of into all the fight sequences and stuff. So quite early on already, mm-hmm. we're like, we're jumping into the action. There's uh. Yeah, I know. It basically ends in exactly the same way as Lost Galaxy does. You get all of the fight sequence stuff. You get um, the Red Ranger fighting off Kolshiza, um mm-hmm. in the way that he does. And he does his fire... What's, I don't know what we're calling that. He's like... Well, in Gingerman, it's called the Main of Fire. And it's... I'm guessing it's his special attack. I'm wondering whether we're going to see like more special attacks from the other Rangers as the mm. series progresses. The Star Beasts come. There's no rescuing them at this point. They they actually just sort of arrive in time to help them when Kolshiza drinks his potion and grows to be gigantic size. Oh, um, uh, wait. So the potion drinking is actually part of the Japanese footage? It is part of the Japanese footage, now, yeah. See, I was going to ask because that looks so out of place. And I was wondering if it was something that the Americans just created 
just because. Well, they've essentially at this point they've defeated him and he's dying. He's losing his kind of life and his energy. But yeah. this apparently this potion restores energy by reducing the lifespan and makes them grow. Ah, okay. That's what he's drinking. He's just to save his own life, but give him an advantage over them by becoming huge. Obviously, that doesn't work out for long because the Star Beasts arrive. They have a little conversation with them, I think, or they just sort of interpret what they're trying to say. And we get Ryuma jumps up on the head of the lion mm-hmm. one, as he does mm-hmm. in Lost Galaxy. Um, he explains, this isn't explained in Lost Galaxy, but he explains that the Star Beasts can amplify their powers. So he does his main of fire attack again, which is that sort of huge oh. attack that he has against Kojiza, where they're f- sort of fighting fire with fire, that his powers are being amplified by the Star Beasts. Now, that's interesting, because I just assumed it was just the the beast itself creating yeah. a fireball attack. But again, I think we're going to see some more unique powers from the other Gigaman, mm-hmm. and each Star Beast will, pro- I hope, uh, will be amplifying those powers and will become useful at some point throughout the show to kind of defeat different enemies. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We will have to wait and see for that. That's something I'm actually kind of genuinely interested to kind of find out what happens. Yeah. And it, yeah, it just ends in the same way. He gets destroyed. They sort of thank the Star Beasts, um, who are conveniently just sort of sat in an empty car park. <laughs> and then there's this really weird bit, the Blue and Yellow Rangers, um, or Gingaman, who are called... Blue is Guki, and yellow is Hikaru. They kind of burst into tears at the loss of their forest <laughs> and how uh, how they're going to kind of, like, defeat these bad guys and monsters on their own. Okay. Uh, and that's kind of the end of the episode. Like, they, they're, they're kind of quite upset about it, but they're also... Oh, that's like, a shame. Satisfied. So there's no ending of the episode with Ryu Man trying to con uh, the guy <laughs> <to> do <laughs> the dishes. Doing the, the dishes, game. no. There isn't any of that. I mean, that came out of nowhere in Lost Galaxy, didn't it? Like, I thought... Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's a fun little gag at the end, um, and the fact that it's, like, hidden in his top pocket, but... Which it wasn't because you could see, clearly yeah, see clearly it when they out. first did it up. They, they screwed that shit up. And of course, Danny Slavin was doing his best acting abilities. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, what's this? Yeah. He's pulling some weird faces. I know, it's daft. But I don't know. It's kind of nice. It kind of shows them getting along and being friends, which you get a lot of that in um, Power Rangers in Space as well, with them on the Astro Mega ship, I don't know, baking cakes for each other and just having a generally kind of quite good time. Yeah. Which you don't get so much in Mighty Morphin. Not in the same way. Like, you get them hanging out at the juice bar together, but mm-hmm. they're not, like, sharing a communal living space and, and actually living together. And... Well, I don't know. I would, I would have said the gym and juice bar was quite a communal area. Yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not actually living together, are they? They're not, they're not, like, sharing a dorm, as it were, and having to kind of, like, as soon as they leave the gym and juice bar, they go home and they've got their own space. Whereas, like, these guys yeah. are on a... Uh, they're either on the Astro Mega ship or they're on Terra Venture. Either way, they're kind of stuck together now as warriors or Power Rangers, whatever. Um, yeah, I guess so. so. All right, it was quite nice. Um, that's King Man. I'm quite intrigued by it. It's very, it's so far, it's very different, obviously, to Lost Galaxy. Yep. Um, the powers are very different. How things are mm-hmm. explained different. The Star Beasts are quite different. I think so far they've set up the story a little bit better. And I think it might be more interesting to watch than Lost Galaxy is as it goes on. Oh, uh, that I have no doubts at all. I mean, we it, it's a common thread. Like the Japanese origin series, it's typically America, better than what the Americans come up with. Yeah, that's... Well, I don't know. I quite like Mighty Morphin's origin. Maybe that's me being biased because I love that show. Mm. 
Whereas with Zoo Ranger, it's again, it's some old warriors brought into the present to fight an old evil. And I, don't know, I quite, I quite like the plucky young teenagers out of a juice bar to help save the earth, and yeah, that sort of reluctance initially, and them learning to work together as a team. Oh, it just feels a little bit more wholesome. Yeah, I can see your point. How about we talk about those Galactica beasts or those star beasts? Yeah, we can talk about the star beasts. That's that's the one thing we've not actually seen in either show yet is is any kind of Zord or Megazord combination. Yeah, I I was a bit disappointed about that because it's three episodes in. Where's my Megazords? Yeah. Which you see clearly in the credits. Yeah, they're there. And they they morph together. They do a shooty bang thing. (laughs) Shooty bang. (laughs) The old shooty bang thing yeah have you have you been have you been reading clockwork orange <laughs> <laughs> With the, not for a while no but yeah i i thought the beasts were actually quite cool looking i mean i like the lion i like the gorilla i like the bird thing uh the wolf was pretty cool the cat thing is the thing of nightmares <laughs> it's terrifying it's got a weird cat body and it's pink and it's got a it's. I can't tell if it's a human face or a cat face. It's like a weird blend of the two. It is. It is odd, isn't it? They've got these very animalistic faces, but then they've got a kind of be sentient in a way. So they've got those kind of human qualities about them. No, no, it's just a cat. It's just like a, a monstrous thing. The other four look pretty cool, although yeah. not quite sure what the gorilla thing is about. His face is a little bit odd. Yeah, it's like a. It's like a weird thumb, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah now you mentioned it, it does look like a a big fat thumb but uh other than that i, I do kind of look forward to seeing them in action although i kind of have to wonder why did maya think that these would be the good guys i mean they've appeared on this planet and they said we've got to set them free and all the other rangers are okay let's go and do it after they fight all the stinger wingers and they cut over the, the, yeah. the chains and then they're set free they didn't know that they were the good guys. They could have been monstrous creatures which could have gone out rampaging on the forest. Well, her thing is is that she picks up their sort of distress call, like their roars across the galaxy for being captured, right? So they, is, go, they go off to rescue yeah. them and in rescuing them, the Galacta Beasts then pledge their kind of allegiance to these warriors. So yeah. there's no connection in the powers in this in Lost Galaxy between the Power Rangers' powers that they get from the, the Sabres... And yep. the Galactabeasts that they befriend. Whereas in Gingerman, there's already a precedent for these star beasts working alongside the Power Rangers in the past. Mm-hmm. But actually, this you mentioned something about Maya. Uh, this brings up one important question in my mind about Maya. What is she? She's clearly not human, but what is she really? I mean, what, what kind of creature has the ability to listen, to hear out cries of beasts throughout space throughout the vacuum space (laughs) what kind of creature can do that i mean what kind of person who despite being in a civilized environment still insists on walking around (laughs) in cavewoman attire yeah except for her knee-high boots obviously except for knee-high creature comforts yeah what kind of creature doesn't give a damn about her people that she abandoned in episode two to to the the stone casting a spell of her planet at the very end she says i wonder if i'll ever see my people again oh well it's like yeah you could have you gone don't back. care <laughs> you've, you've pointed this out in episode two of quasar quest me and Pete pointed this out she doesn't care she doesn't want to go back she loves being a power ranger i think that's it isn't it like she absolutely loves what she what opportunity she's been given to be this hero 
Yeah. I mean, it could also be that she wants to defeat these this evil so to protect her home world from a distance. I suppose. That if she defeats them here, then she can go back and everything will be safe. But yeah, you're right. She has got quite the sort of, the, the if nothing else, the listening power of, it's like stronger than Superman's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I can say to the other four rangers is, be careful about Maya. I mean, she's, 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 not human. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And she could be very, very dangerous. There's one more thing I've got to say just before, because I think we're coming to a wrap-up, aren't we? Yeah, this is getting to a point of wrapping up. But one last thing. There's a mistake, or not a mistake. There's a, a kind of error, a thing of note that's not explained in uh, Lost Galaxy. And that oh. is, remember how when you were doing your recap and you said that they left behind, um, I can't remember which two it is now. Oh, Kai and Kendrick, so left them behind. Yeah, but then they appear on the planet anyway, and it's not explained how they arrive. Because they've taken the Astro Mega ship. That's, that's even a better point. I just kind of said, when I was watching the episode, they said, oh, okay, all the, they've all turned up. That's absolutely fine. That's great. That's uh, one of the things. But you're absolutely right. How did they get there? How did they know that the three heroes would be at this point? At this yeah, how did they know planet? that they needed them? Maybe maybe they've got like a tracking device on, on the Mega ship. I mean, that's possible, but then again... How did they get there so fast? Yeah, when they needed the megaship to get from Terra Venture to this planet through a black hole in the first it probably, place. It's always a black hole, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little... little. I don't know what you call it, a continuity error, I suppose? It's. I think they call those plot holes. Plot holes, yeah, it is a plot hole, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, right, that's the last thing I've got to say about the episode, I think. Oh, um, I wish you didn't point that out now. That's going to keep me awake <laughs> at night. How the fuck did they do that? I'm going to be lying awake late at night trying to come up with a logical explanation for this. Mm, well, try not to think about it too hard. Because, again, as with all Power Rangers, the writers haven't. <laughs> uh, okay. I think now's a good time to rate this episode of Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Overall, I am... Um, hmm. I'm kind of mixed feelings about this one. It's... Not an exciting episode. Some of the fighting was quite good. There's lots of plot problems and just weird storylines going about it. It didn't make me angry. So the, one thing I was kind of worried about watching the last two episodes is every single episode is going to be terrible. And, <laughs> only, and I'm only ever going to give it one Quasar Sword out of five. But this episode was just okay. And it was cool to see the Galacta Beasts, which all looked quite cool except for the nightmare cat uh the fighting was pretty cool actually yeah i, I did like the morphed fighting sequences more than the rest of the storyline so with that in mind i'm gonna give it two two out of five quasar oh, wow quasar savers you spoke quite highly of that and then gave it a very low rating yeah but, but this, <laughs> i suppose i did but that's just how i feel it, no, fair, it didn't fair. make me it didn't make me angry but it's certainly not the best work. And the uh, Gingaman stuff sounded a lot more interesting. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. I think it deserves better. I actually really enjoyed it. Considering I've kind of come into Lost Galaxy dreading watching this these episodes, because I know I started watching them at one point and then gave up. This was better than I remembered. It's definitely better than the first two episodes. We've got some action. We've got some Power Rangers. We've got, uh, yep. we've got some fighting. We've got a monster. Yep. It's kind of got everything you 
want generally from a Power Rangers episode. We don't have Zords yet, but we've been introduced to the Star Beasts and they use the Lion Beast to defeat the monster in this episode, which is like a really cool little battle. I kind of wish that battle would last a little bit longer than just that shooting fire at each other and then exploding. Yeah, I agree with that. But we get we get a nice little setup. We get to we kind of see the Power Rangers settling into their roles a little bit. There's some cool stuff in there. It's it's better than some of the more recent MMPR episodes we've been watching as well, I think. Like a pig surprise, for example, like the last one that we spoke about together. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. was a pretty bad episode of MMPR. Was I mean, it, there's been worse than that. But when, you, when I think the, the two most recent episodes of Power Rangers I watched are a pig surprise and this this is better it just yes feel, it, i agree with that it feels more like a power like a traditional power rangers episode it's still setting things up but we, we're kind of getting there and it gives me sort of renewed hope for a show that i gave up on i, de- wow. I, st- I still think the japanese shogun man is possibly got a better premise who knows what the story is going to be like whether they'll be follow as closely as mmpr storylines have to uh zoo ranger in the past or whether they'll just use fight footage and write their own stories i think it's going to be a three for me for lost galaxy three out of five wow. yeah three out of five yeah i do agree with your comment about it's setting things up and things will develop from that like for example they haven't seen the megazords yet they haven't formed or anything like that and i guess i'm hoping once everything's all set up they can then get on with creating self-contained stories sure yeah i think we're getting there i mean this this episode is the like like we've just discussed really is the first of three to actually use any footage from the sentai footage and yeah. it uses a bit of the storyline and it does it yeah uh, i don't know it, it it feels more like how you would make a power rangers episode than the other yeah. two have i tell you what this will be one personal challenge for myself I, after watching every episode I would like to see which episode is a decent episode for Lost, of Lost Galaxies. And then you say, all right, new listeners, new watchers, start at this episode. Because right now, I would not recommend any of these three episodes. But maybe there's an episode like eight or ten sure. where you could say, start watching it from here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you could introduce people to Lost Galaxy from this episode. Because it's still setting things up, but it's not as established, I suppose. Like, you, I you're, suppose. You're, not, you're not going into a show going, right... It's just Power Rangers. I just wish it, we'd had something like this more for Quasar Quest. Like this with a little bit of the setup from Quasar. Like we, it doesn't need to be two episodes, did it? That whole malarkey. You could have, they could have done that in 10 minutes or so. And then had 10 minutes of something like this episode. It would have been great for like opening Yeah. for the series. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think a good way to shorten this down, shorten it down Quasar Quest 1 and 2 would be to say that all four of the Power Rangers, ex- excluding Maya, were parts of the Starship Trooper team. And so they were all established, including having Leo and Mike yeah. being part of it. So everything was just started at the very beginning. And then you go to the training, and then Maya appears, and then all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you, I think that's how they could have compressed it into one episode. Yeah. And it would have had just as much of an impact. Definitely. I mean, they, I, I know Pete was saying last week about how they, they were borrowing even though they were kind of soft rebooting Power Rangers they were borrowing stuff from Power Rangers in space there was a little bit of continuity and people wouldn't feel completely alienated from it yeah like with Alpha 6 and the Astro Mega ship and stuff but could they could they not have just set this all on Maya's planet and just have five warriors from Maya's planet and oh. done the whole thing like that because it is Power Rangers lost galaxy like yeah. so so far 
they're just in the Milky Way. Like, um, I suppose you're right. Yeah, like, they could have just done it in a new galaxy and just set a story up like that. Like, I think that would have worked just as well. People would have accepted that. Kids, no one's questioning this sort of stuff as a kid. You just go, okay, all right, it's some Power Rangers on a planet. Go. I, I suppose. I suppose. But like what Pete was saying, that that Saban was just banking on the space theme, and that was just the way of yeah. I suppose. It was just a way of safeguarding its success by putting a particular brand. Yeah, I mean that make that makes some sense, but I think at that it's point, not what we want. That's it's not. No, it isn't what we want. No. So, people out there on the internet, in the internet, what do you think? Do you agree with Quinn's rating of three out of five, or do you agree with my rating of two out of five, or do you have your own kind of rating for this episode of Power Rangers Lost Galaxies? Let us know. You can talk to us on Twitter, which is at RangerPod. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash RangerPod. And you can always email us, therangerpod at gmail.com. So join us next time on RangerPod, where we'll be looking at episode 44 of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, entitled Lions and Blizzards, which sounds like it's trying to rip off the old... uh, Witches, wardrobes, and no, lions, witches, and broomsticks. <laughs> the I don't know. Nadia the shit. lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Yeah, that, that'll do. Join us next week and to find out whether that's the case. Until then, my name's Grax. My name's Quinn. And we'll see you next time. Bye.